We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code ROTOHOOPS when you deposit for a free contest entry today at DraftKings.com. I'm your host, Josh Hayes, joined every Monday by Benny Ricciardi as we are back again covering all the latest fantasy basketball news. We're going to be breaking down the Sunday box course for Fantasy Impact, and we'll give you our early season center position power rankings. You can also find Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and over at RotoCurve, RotoWire, and as a featured writer on the DraftKings Playbook, and you can also follow me on Twitter at Josh Hayes FS and finding and find me hosting the Fantasy Hoops Insider podcast over at the FantasyHoopsInsider.com. Benicio, welcome to another week of fantasy basketball. Oh yeah, gotta love it. Yeah, so um, some interesting stuff happening here. We're gonna talk a little Bobby Portis. We're gonna talk a little uh, injury issues. We're gonna talk about whether or not uh, Michael Carter Williams is a guy you can trust. Here, we'll dive in into all the latest uh, news and notes here overall. But before we do that, we have to let you know that the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball is available five days a week on iTunes and Stitcher. So if you get a chance to rate, review, subscribe, drop five stars down on it, we'd love that. We'd appreciate that. And don't let, forget to uh, let your friends know that we got this show going here. So uh, we're going to get into this. Uh, go ahead and get into the box scores and get this started, and we'll uh, we'll cover all the latest news. Uh, but really quick, just want to let you know that if you haven't joined in the fantasy action just yet on DraftKings.com. 
rotowire.com. Now is the time to do so. The official Daily Fantasy basketball partner of rotowire.com. Daily Fantasy, you don't need to spend months micromanaging a roster. Play whenever you want. Pick a new team every time you play. Challenge your friends in a custom league to prove you're the superior GM or square off against basketball fans from around the world. I'm sorry, around the country here for big prizes. Go to DraftKings.com now and enter the promo code ROTOHOOPS to play free. DraftKings, the official partner of RotoWire. That's promo code ROTOHOOPS at DraftKings.com. All right, let's go ahead and d- jump into the latest news here on the uh, in the association, as they like to call uh, call it there. Um, so, um, are you buying the latest pieces of news coming from ESPN that Zach Randolph does not have an issue with his new reduced role uh, coming off the bench in favor of Jeff Green as the stretch four coming up with them, um, you know, uh, uh, limited minutes there, p- playing just just around twenty three ish minutes per game. Um, what do you think about his statement? And then what do you think about that for fantasy impact uh, with, you know, Zach Randolph owners? Well, I think, you know, I don't think it's a surprise. The The NBA, just like the NFL, like all these leagues are going to try to replicate teams that they see that are having success. And right now there's no team that's having more success than Golden State. And they're doing it by, you know, basically playing a, you know, smaller kind of lineup so that they can get up and down the floor a little bit better. And, you know, we talked about it earlier in the year that Memphis is one of the few teams that's left that still rolls out like a traditional two big man kind of set. And the problem that they have with that is, you know, if you're matching up with guys like Rudy Gay and Paul George and Jeff Green who are playing power forward now, you know, you can't be using a guy like Zebo because he can't go out there on the perimeter and guard basically what are big small forwards um at this point so as long as teams are going to try to replicate what golden state is doing and playing that four out and one in kind of style i think you're going to see this happening to a lot of you know power forwards that are more traditional back to the basket inside type players so you know again i mean zebo saying all the right things which is what you want to hear but i think going forward for the rest of the season you have to consider that you know, he's not as valuable as you probably thought he was going to be when you drafted him. And that Jeff Green probably has a pretty safe role. And if he's on a waiver wire anywhere that you're playing, he's probably a guy that should be picked up and, you know, put into your normal rotation. All right, fair enough. I think that um, I, I totally agree with you there as well. So we'll, we'll see how the, uh, the role ends up shaking out more for Jeff Green. But I'm a little bit concerned about Zach Randolph right now. I'm sort of wouldn't be waiting to... Uh, find a spot where he gets a you know better minutes or a good performance with the role that he has or, or uh, you know temporary uptick in minutes and then trying to see if I could sell uh, because uh, I think this you know Jeff Green stretch four thing is a real deal because it's happening all across the league so mm-hmm. we'll see we'll see how that ends up playing out. Monte Ellis, according to the Indianapolis Star, is rehabbing from knee surgery still and says he's been dealing with the issue that's getting better over the past few weeks, uh, but it is feeling better and hopefully it stays that way. Uh, buy or sell Monte Ellis at a current average of 12.2 points per game, 4.5 assists, 1.8 steals on 42% shooting. I mean, I'm not like going out and actively searching out deals for him, but I think if you're asking me is now a time to buy or a time to sell on him, I think you're probably going to get better numbers out of him for the rest of the year than you've gotten to this point of the year. So if somebody is undervaluing him or doesn't value him at all and you can get him on the cheap, I think there's more upside going forward. All right. Uh, sounds good. Uh, for me, I 
still think that this is probably i mean he had this lull too with dallas and it wasn't uh, injury related it was just maybe sort of game flow and then you saw in the second half his numbers started to tick uh, you know ticking up and you take a look at that roster they really need him to be the number two scorer behind paul george so 12.2 points per game ain't gonna cut it so if i had to choose one side i'd be by low i guess but i'm not like expecting him to get to 20 points per game or anything crazy like that you know 15 yeah. 15 plus would be a win uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I think I think he does better from now until the end of the year than he has up until this point. Right. But I'm not actively searching out trade for him like I need to have him on my roster. Yeah, I totally agree with that uh, as well. And then let's just uh, quickly run through the rest of the news here. Will Barton goes ham sandwich with 32 and 7 tri- uh, triples there. We've talked about this a little bit, but it's really just time for him to be. I know he played big minutes, but let's elevate this guy into the starting lineup already. This is your best player, Mike Malone, okay? Seven trays, ten rebounds, six assists. Absolute monster. Put Gary Harris in the in in the flip role as the, you know, the guy coming off the bench who has been playing well in his own right, but not nearly as close as Will Barton has. So, absolute monster performance there. Watch out for him, you know, as a... Uh, guy who's who's going to be a consistent 20 25 and you know three or four i I would say if i you'd had to guess me what what he's capable of the the rest of the way we'll just see how how he can end up keeping this pace i don't think he's going to be you know like a top five score in the league um but you know definitely the most dangerous player on both ends of the floor for the denver nuggets if you got some shares of him great you know if you have a chance to use him in dfs enjoy it now while before the price gets adjusted to where it needs to be uh, Damon Lillard said he's battling plantar fasciitis, but he hasn't missed a game this season. Uh, he's, you know, said that, you know, he's going to battle through it. He's played 275 straight games every game of his career. So don't be surprised if there's some, you know, uneven stat lines here uh, going forward as, as he plays his way through this. But looks like he isn't going to miss any time. Darrell Arthur is um, battling a knee injury. He um, left a lot the uh, Sunday's game due to right knee soreness. So it wasn't really on the fancy radar to begin with. Uh, but, um, you know, for those of you deep leaguers out there, it uh, looks like he uh, may be day-to-day. Marco Carter-Williams um, pops up with 29-6 and six here overall. Are you buying Marco Carter-Williams as a viable top 12 fantasy option at point guard? Top 12 fantasy option? Yeah. Um, probably not. I mean, let, let me say it this way. Like, Michael Carter-Williams, when he's on the floor and he's getting minutes... This is what he can do. He can get you like 15 to 18 points, you know, five to 10 assists, four to six rebounds, a couple steals. Like, that's why we loved him when he was in Philadelphia, because with that high pace that they played, this guy puts up numbers across the board and he was a viable option. I think the reason why I can't really buy him right now is like, I don't know how safe or certain these minutes are going to be. I don't, I don't trust Jason Kidd at all with anything that he says or does. So, I mean, you know, if you're going to tell me, like, can you tell me for sure that we're going to see Michael Carter-Williams get 30 to 35 minutes every game going forward? If the answer to that question is yes, then yeah, you should probably have him on your fantasy team and, you know, actively be trying to get him now if people aren't valuing him as high as he will be going forward, if that's going to be the case, but... I can't say with any kind of certainty that that's going to be the case. Yeah, I agree with you there as well. Jason Kidd is a monster and a guy who also has had right hip surgery. So maybe they'll put in somebody else's hands who has a little more common sense and see if they can get the right lineup out there. Um, so that's the majority of the news uh, in, in terms of um, 
uh, injuries and coverage there. We're, we'll talk about some some breakout performers like Bobby Portis here in a, in a couple minutes as we get into the box scores. So let's go ahead and kick that off here, Benny, uh, with the Portland at Miami game. Portland wins 109 to 116. Uh, Miami uh, gives bigger minutes as they had been uh, discussing and promised from Eric Spolstra to Hassan Whiteside, who um, you know has a nice double double performance of him uh, of his own 22 and 11 with five blocks and two steals. So that's a monster overall. Your thoughts, um, anything that we can sort of learn that we didn't already know from uh, either of these box scores that we didn't already know. Um, well, I don't know Did everybody already know that Portland's not that good. Yes. It, we all know okay. <laughs> yeah. Then, then I don't think there's anything new that I really learned here. I mean, um, like you said, I do like the fact that we're seeing Whiteside get more minutes one thing that I think goes overlooked with Whiteside um, and why he has such, you know, tantalizing upside is this is he's one of the best shot blockers at the big man position that we have in the league. Like he's a guy who is a legit threat for a triple double with the third categories actually being blocks every once in a while. You know, he can get you a five block game, a 10 block game like, you know, we have seen him do that before. And there's a lot of centers that are out there that are guys that we use that can get you the points and the rebounds, but there aren't a ton of guys who are, like, big-time shot blockers. So if he's going to start getting more minutes and you can get him from cheap off of the guy who has him, who's probably not too thrilled with the return that he's gotten up to this point in the season, I definitely don't hate Whiteside, and I, I would definitely look to uh, you know try to go see if I can acquire some more shares of him for my team. On the other side for Portland... I think they're still messing around a little bit too much with some of this big man rotation. To me, the best big man they have is Myers Leonard. And I feel like he's probably like, you know, like they're making sure they get Noah Bonla 10 minutes a game. And it's like, well, what's the point of giving a guy 10 minutes a game? If you only think a guy's good enough to play 10 minutes a game, then why is it such an important thing to get him his 10 minutes a game? So I don't know why. Like, like it makes no sense. Like, if you like Noah Bonla... Let him play 25 to 30 minutes. See if he has what he needs to be a viable NBA player. You know, if not, then what? Then why are we trying to, like, force ourselves to play him? For, like, it almost kind of looks like they're tanking, but they don't want to make it look too much like they're tanking, but they're tanking. You know, it's it just, I don't understand what they're doing here. If you look at that, that front court, you know, Mason Plumlee. Like I said, Myers Leonard's my favorite player in that front court. Ed Davis is a guy who I don't know if he has, like, a surly personality or what the deal is. But everywhere he goes, it seems that when he gets a couple minutes, he puts up a double-double. And then the next game or a week later, he's back to being, like, a 12 to 15-minute off-the-bench kind of guy. So I don't under- I never understood why that is. Um, the one thing that I, you know, have been, been noticing lately with this Portland team is you're getting a lot of minutes out of a guy like Alan Crabb. He hasn't really put up huge games yet, but he's been serviceable. In a deep league, I think he's somebody who should be owned 12, 14-team kind of league. Um, but other than that, I don't see much out of this Portland team. I don't really like, you know, a lot of these guys. You know, Lillard and McCullum pretty much are the only two. They do all the scoring. You know, if you have them on your fantasy team, obviously keep rolling them out there. But other than that, there's not much I like here. Yeah, I agree with you there as well. We don't learn too too much out of this. Uh, people are still frustrated by Myers Leonard playing 25 minutes per game. Uh, Luol Deng had a nice performance given the, the spot. Bosch did Bosch things, 29 with limited boards. 
there. And Dwayne Wade, a little bit of a quiet performance, but was efficient overall. So, you know, and then Gerald Green continues to be a guy that you can use in, in deeper 12-team leagues and above with, with the scoring. I don't think that's going to be consistent because he did set, score 17 points on 6-9 shooting with four trades. But, you know, we know that he can fill it up in limited minutes. So not too much to really derive in terms of fantasy uh, value overall. So we will move on to the Minnesota versus Brooklyn game. Minnesota uh, hands uh, Brooklyn a pretty uh, substantial loss there. They handled them pretty well and uh, basically led wire to wire, uh, 100 to 85. Your thoughts on uh, the performance on either side of the ball here? Yeah, I mean, to me, this game was basically... Brooklyn is really, really bad. Like, you know, I live in the area, so they're one of the teams that I get on my local channel. So I've seen them play a few times, and honestly what it is is just a lack of talent. Like, they just don't have very good players on that team anymore, and they definitely aren't deep. You know, they're going going to their bench, and they're going to guys like cast-off guys, Donald Brown, Wayne Ellington, you know, Andre Bargnani, Willie Reed, like, you know, it's just basically bad. So there's not much I can take out of it. The one thing I do want to um, point out is Kevin Garnett at this point is basically just like a ceremonial player. Uh-huh. Um, Gorgie Dang has pretty much solidified solid minutes here. So if this guy is still available in your leagues on your waiver wires, I think he's somebody that you got to pick up. And, you know, I know Josh isn't a huge fan of him, but. You know, again, this is a guy that can go 20. He went 20 and 10 in this game, block shot, a steal, a couple assists. You know, he's been putting up, you know, games where he's been getting close to a double-double every game. And he's up to playing like 25 to 35 minutes a game now. He actually is even playing more minutes. He played more minutes than Towns did in this one. Um, And he's done that multiple times. This isn't like the first time we've seen that. So he's playing more minutes at the power forward and or center spot than you're getting out of, out of a guy like Towns. And Towns is probably owned in every team in the league, and you could probably still find Dang on your waiver wire in a couple leagues. So, you know, that's the one thing that really kind of stands out to me at that spot. Also, you know, Kevin Martin was back for this game who was hurt. Who was hurt. So I don't know how that's going to affect minutes, but you know it's just going to make things a little bit murkier for guys like Levine and Rubio. You know, Wiggins is always going to get his minutes, and he deserves them. But uh, it's those other guys like Martin and Levine and, and Rubio whose minutes are going to wind up getting squeezed together a little bit here. All right, fair enough. Uh, for me, um, I just still I don't want to I don't know how times how many times I'm going to say it, but I'm just going to keep putting out in the universe. Uh, free Zach Levine. Uh, if, if Ricky Rubio wasn't happy enough with shooting 34.5 or 35% from the floor, he decided to one-up it by going one of six, you know? So oh, I don't understand. I, it kills me. It just drives me insane how somebody could be, you know, uh, this good of a free throw shooter, uh, you know, or at least this season anyway, like well above 80% and still just so freaking terrible. I understand that he's a great passer and all that stuff, but you don't have, like, enough offensive firepower right now on this team for you to just have a past first point guard and ex- expect to like succeed in the West. You have a guy, you have a monster sitting on the floor and his name is Zach Levine and Ricky Rubio would be fine in a 22 minute role, like off the bench, I guess, you know, if you, um, and you know, I think Shabazz Muhammad is getting misused as well because he, this is a guy who should be playing over Kevin Martin in every opportunity. So, you know, I don't think they exactly get it overall. I heard some talk in the post-game interview how we're talking about how Zach Levine's getting hurt minutes-wise because Kevin Martin has to play and Shabazz Muhammad has to play. Like, they don't – well, 
Actually, no, they, they don't. Well, Kevin Martin doesn't anyway, and Shabazz Muhammad should be playing. And I actually like Shabazz Muhammad as a stretch four over Gorgie Jang, by the way, who played 36 minutes and played great. So, I mean, I understand he played, he got 20 and 10, but I don't, I, I, I honestly think that they would be a better team with a small ball lineup with Shabazz at the four, um, you know, and Zach Levine at the one with with Wiggins, um, you know, in the mix there, and Karl Anthony Towns. And they, uh, I think if they tried that out, they'd have more success, but um, that's just me. All right, uh, and on the other side of the ball, too, with, we don't need to talk too much about Brooklyn. You know, Brooke Lopez does his thing. Jared Jack is still, for whatever reason, refusing to, um, you know, get to the rack, takes five trays and misses them all. You know, and that's one of the, I don't know, maybe he's just a step slower this year, but I just don't see him penetrating and doing what he did better which which was getting to the rack as a as a point guard who played you know a lot of reserve role and you know I, I so I don't understand why he feels the need to defer so much but I think he's hurting the team taking fewer shots like he has and not getting to the hole but we'll we'll see if that ends up fixing itself but so far it's been frustrating. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, we can move on to the next box score. Not too much to talk about here because uh, this game was well out of hand uh, very early here. Philadelphia loses eighty six to one hundred eight. It's the return of Kyrie Irving. Overall, plays 17 minutes, and this is probably a good spot for him to come back because they didn't need him, uh, you know, as the second half wore on. Any uh, takeaways from uh, either of these teams? I mean, I'm not going to take much away from Cleveland because it wasn't a typical game for them. You know, LeBron played 25 minutes. Love played 21 minutes. J.R. Smith played 21 minutes. You know in a close game you're going to get a lot more minutes out of these guys. So if you had them and, and you got, you know, underwhelming performance from them don't don't go crazy they all sat out you know most of the second half which you know most games is not going to be the way it is so there's not really much i take out of it um i know that philadelphia right now is a little bit of a mess to me it's not that they haven't been a mess all year but you know you got guys like kendall marshall that are coming back and tony roten and they're in and out of the lineup and you still got the guys like you know mcconnell and 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 stauskis and so if you own a guard on the Philadelphia team right now, you can't really be happy because you don't know what kind of minutes you're going to get. So like even a guy like Isaiah Cannon, who earlier in the year was somebody that we said, hey, you should probably pick this guy up and put him on your roster with the minutes and stuff he was getting. If I had him, now would be the time I'd be looking to unload him, you know, if he has any value left whatsoever. Because you know that all these guys, if you even just look at the box score here and the box scores lately, they're giving a couple minutes to everybody. You know, the only guys who are playing somewhat big minutes on a consistent basis are Noel Covington and Okafor. You know, everybody else is kind of getting a little bit of time at the guard spot or, you know, in relief of them. So basically, other than Okafor, Covington, who I definitely think should be on teams, Noel, who should probably be on a team as well. You know, I don't see much on this Philly team fantasy-wise that I want anything to do with. Yeah. Uh, I, to, I, I, to, I totally agree with you there as well. So there's just not um, much to derive. I mean, even the guys that you thought that were fancy relevant right now have been underperforming. Uh, Nurnswell had a nice performance, but, you know, you, you you don't get 15 and 12 from him every game, and you want more blocks than he provided. So that's yeah. one thing. And then the free throws stink, but, you know, you're no surprise there. Uh, point guard position is still a mess, still, you know, un, uneven. You want Kendall Marshall to do one thing at – on the court when that's rack up assists, the sort of rookie Rubio style. He has been doing that and they sort of just let the, you know, the, the backups play behind him, you know, cause, cause the game got well out of hand. 
Uh, you know, Jalil Okafor has got to do better than 9-8, and eight, but this is a tough defensive matchup overall, so, you know, obviously going to give him a pass. And then, you know, Kyrie Irving, hopefully this is the start of him, you know, becoming fancy relevant going forward. You probably have to start rolling him in now that he's got uh, the Mensons back on the court. Now, that actually brings up a good question now. Um, you also have uh, Shumpert who's trying to, you know, come in back into the lineup. Mm-hmm. How do you handle guys... Like earlier in the year, Mo Williams, uh, J.R. Smith, like these were legitimate fantasy options. Like J.R. Smith was playing close to 40 minutes a game, basically. Mm-hmm. So he was somebody that I actually saw on waiver wires in like a shallower league that I'm in on Yahoo. Yeah. And, um, you know, somebody who I actually like actively, you know, was adamant about having included in the trade when I made a trade earlier in the season. How do you think that this affects guys like Mo Williams and J.R. Smith? You got to think that the minutes and their production are going to drop now that you know, you got Kyrie and, you know, maybe even like some other healthy bodies like Shumpert coming back into the picture for him. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, for me, the, the, the way I think that this shakes out is here is like all these ancillary players, you maybe even Mo Williams all, all become like just 14 team leaguers. You know what I mean? Because yeah. now that you have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love and LeBron on the court together, it's going to be very, very tough for you to be happy with consistent fancy projections from a fourth or fifth option on offense overall. So that's the way that I look at that overall. You know, I mean, if you if, if you are, you know, for some reason you're in a 12-team league and that's the best you play with super deep rosters, then you're probably playing something that plays more like a 14-team league anyway. So mm-hmm. um, that's the way I'm going to trade it. Right now, just be prepared for, you know, the fantasy value for anybody not named LeBron, Kevin, or Kyrie to be marginalized once they, those guys get up to get to full speed overall. All right, we're going to head to the next box score here. Milwaukee uh, um, continues uh, their, uh, I guess, sort of, attempt at recovery from a bad, bad start. They're 101-95 win uh, against Phoenix, who falls down to 12-17. and 17. They're in a, a little bit of a tailspin right now. Chris Milton, we talked about him popping up with 26-7. and seven. Uh, So he had a, a nice, strong performance. Fancy owners sort of been wait, waiting for that to happen uh, there as well. And then, you know, some of the guys that we are, we tabbed as, like, um, you know, fly, flyer slash favorites there have been destroyed by Tyson Chandler getting back into the lineup there. Alex Lennon only plays 19 minutes, gets two points and seven rebounds. John Luer gets a start, but only plays 21 minutes, 9.6 rebounds. You're not terribly excited about that. Um, what's your takeaways here um, from this uh, Sunday matchup? Yeah, these are two of the toughest teams for me to understand what the heck they're doing right now. Yeah, um, and, and that's what makes it tough. Like, I don't want anybody on this Milwaukee roster as long as Jason Kidd's coaching because I I just don't understand what he's doing. I mean, guys like O.J. Mayo are getting 40-something minutes, and you're giving guys like Michael Carter-Williams less than 20 minutes. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Michael Carter-Williams is a superstar, but he's a young guy who's already proven that he's been able to do more in the NBA than O.J. Mayo has. Mm -hmm. So... Why aren't we giving this guy more minutes? You know what I mean? Like, I just don't understand that. And now Jason Kidd is out with some kind of surgery that he needed to get done. I don't know how long he's out for. I don't know who's taking over. But are we going to see you know, something that makes a little more sense, something that's a little more consistent? You know, Like maybe Michael Carter-Williams starting with like Giannis and Parker. You know, like A lot of these guys are just getting... You know, the minutes are so hard for me to figure out on Milwaukee. Like, a guy like Middleton has been getting a ton of minutes lately, so is he going to be a viable option for us going forward? 
I would think that he is somebody that should be owned in like a 10-team league even. But then again, you know, two weeks from now, he could be playing 22 minutes a game. So it's just maddening to, to try to figure it out. If I have some of these guys, I would keep them around. I would still be using them, you know, especially with Jason Kidd out. But I, I wouldn't accept any trades for guys on Milwaukee because any nobody's minutes are safe. Like, you don't know if any of these guys are still going to be playing these minutes for much going forward. And the same thing can kind of be said for the Phoenix Suns front court at this point. You know, Markeith got minutes in the game the other day. Mirrors is still getting minutes. Um, you know, Laura, who we thought was a guy who's going to be, you know, taking over and getting that 30-minute-a-game role is now down to, like, 20 minutes. I mean, even T.J. Warren and P.J. Tucker both played, like, half a game. So if you're going to have all these guys playing between 20 and 28 minutes, I really don't think any of them are viable for you to roll out unless we can get some injuries or some trades that then out the herd here a little. Yeah, we need to see... Um... Marquise Morris come off this roster right now. I mean, he only played 15 minutes, but it's hurting John Luer and it's probably to a lesser extent hurting the, the rest of the bigs on the roster there as well. The only people you can really trust are Brian Knight and Eric Bledsoe. And, yep. you know, there's it's not like they're available on the waiver wire or anything like that. You probably were already playing them, and Brian Knight also had a bad game. So, And then, like, I, I'm i with you 110% there. You know, uh, Tintin Kupo is the only one who's really, like, solid, like, that you can definitely know that those minutes um, – or when I, when he's healthy, I believe. I believe this it says DMPCD, but I'm I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, I'm just checking the news here. Knee tendonitis. It's the guy who never sits when whenever he's available. So um, that's the only person you can probably like realistically trust for consistent minutes. The rest of the stuff. I mean, Greg Monroe will be in there, but he's you know not not a guy that you can really uh, you know add anywhere. Maybe you could you potentially trade for him, but um, the I just want nothing to do with the majority of the Bucks rotation because you can't tell from day to day who's going to be the leading scorer, who's going to play minutes at point guard. You know, it's uh, maybe things settle down with Jason Kidd having hip surgery. Maybe he, they have their own version of Luke Walton. Who knows? Uh, but in the meantime, it's just a situation to avoid for me. Um, next game up on the on the uh, docket here: Atlanta 103-100 win against Orlando. Here, Kyle Korver um, takes six shots, hits six threes, uh, does what Kyle Korver does. So, um, impressive performance from his standpoint overall. Anything else that we need to learn, or we can say, hey, this is interesting from this box score, other than the norm? No, I mean, I think everything you see in Atlanta is pretty much what you what you notice. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing I would say, if you know, you've been a little late to the party. Is Kent Bazemore is the starting small forward on this team? So yeah. if you thought that Table Cephalosha was going to take that job, it appears that has not going to be the case. You know, Bazemore's been out there on the court more, so you know it probably didn't happen. But if somebody dropped him in your league, mm-hmm. you know he's not a bad guy to pick up and throw in there on your bench because mm-hmm. he does have that swing small forward shooting guard eligibility. So you can play him at the guard or forward spot depending on how you're you know, league settings are and all that. So he, he has some value as a, as one of those kind of guys on your bench. Yeah, I want, I am going to say that Tabo Cephalosha is off the table for me, especially since his name is Fabo, by the way. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I, see, I see what you did there. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Just thought I would have some fun with that. Um, yeah, so Victor Oladipo continues to stink to the high heavens. There, oh, overall, but you know what I'm going to say here? I'm going to do a little bit something a little bit crazy, and I'm going to say buy low right now because the price is not going to be any lower of two for two of eleven for four points. This is as bad as it's going to get for Victor Oladipo. To me, I mean, it's 
I've been Fournier comes back there and he rebounds and gets some nice value. He scores 17 points and Atlanta's been winning. So they have reasons to like not mess with it too much. But I don't see this lasting. I don't see Chandler Fry being like a consistent 26 minute guy, especially when they have more talented players like Nicholson and Gordon sitting there on the bench. So I don't know if they'll, they'll ever, you know, Scotty Skiles will ever figure it out. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call for a buy low right now on Victor Oladipo. I think he's just too much talent. And this is a guy who's, you know, had a chance to make Team USA. So we'll see how it all ends up shaking out. Everything else that, you know, I I own Kent Basemore. And so I, I like him as a, like we said last week, poor man, Samari Carroll. Um, and, you know, not surprised about that San Antonio Spurs line. Everybody's got between 13 and 19 points in the starting lineup. So, you know, yeah. not excited by anybody, but everybody's like useful on some level. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on to Sacramento versus Toronto. 10 point win. Interesting uh, performance here from Sacramento after um, blowing a game that they should have had uh, against Minnesota. They come back and um, sort of stomp the Raptors in the face. They were actually up 22 at one point. And the, the interesting thing about this and shows a little bit of like maturation for this team is that DeMarcus Cousins usually has to have a good or a great game for them to win, especially on the road. And um, he was like tied for second with um, in scoring overall, but sort of impacted the game on other spots with four, five assists, uh, four blocks, and one of one from three. I'm sure I know that you're glad to hear about that, Benny. So um, one of one of one I'm fine with. But when he's taking five or six a game, it's just it's you're not going to win basketball games that way. (laughs) Fair enough. Just thought I'd mention it for fun. So shout out to the people on Twitter having fun with that, too, by the way. That was pretty cool. Um, Yeah. So Sacramento versus Toronto, your thoughts on this box score? Uh, Yeah. I mean, looking at Sacramento, here's here's kind of what's jumping out at the page to me. They only played eight guys in this game. And I think a lot of it was like coach's decision. It's not like they only had eight guys dressed, and, and that's why they only played eight. He he has to, he in spots he has tightened up the rotation. Yes. Uh, so and in some spots too, he said, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna let Seth Curry get in there. I'm gonna let a couple other guys, uh, you know, jump in the mix too. So like, but for the most part, I think when he's like the game has got tight and serious, it's down to these three guys. Nobody else is getting to. It's like Ben Lanley, Kufos, Darren Carlson, and then everybody else. Who had a ch- chance to get uh, a little uh, some some run right now? W- w- it would have been like Curry, the, a couple minutes to Butler and Willie Cauley Stein, who's injured. So this is what you've got, and I think it makes the most sense. Yeah, and it's good for us for fantasy, which is what I wanted to point out about it because now you're getting the consolidation, and you know these are the guys that are getting the concentrated minutes, the concentrated usage, and are getting the stats. They've gone to. You know, kind of like that small ball type lineup as well with Cousins in the middle, Gay playing power forward, and Caspi at the small forward. So if Caspi's available in any of your leagues, you know, he's somebody that I think is now worthy of a pickup and should be on a roster. Um, I wouldn't get crazy with a Macklemore, Collison, Bellinelli, Kufos uh, list because those guys, basically Rondo, Cousins, Caspi, and Gay are playing three quarters of the game. And everybody else is splitting, you know, the other quarter that they're not in there. They're fighting for those 10 or 12 minutes that each one of them is out every game. And to be the fifth player on the floor with those four guys. So unless something happens to one of those four, I think that's where the concentrated fantasy points and production are going to come from. And those are the four guys on Sacramento who you should be going after. Toronto is a lot tougher to figure out, though, um, because you got guys that are hurt. So you still have... uh, you know, Valakunas, who's who's not back yet. Damari Carroll's been in and out of the lineup for a lot of the season. 
you know, other than Lowry and DeRozan, who are probably already on rosters and doing stuff, I mean, I know Josh isn't a big fan, but I think you can get some cheap center stats out of Bayumbo, uh, you know, guy, things like the blocks and the, and the rebounds if you need them. I can't get myself to ever put uh, Scola on a roster. I know he scores, but he doesn't rebound enough for me to want him on my fantasy team. So I'm comfortable leaving him on the waiver wire unless you're in like a really deep league. And Terrence Ross and James Johnson, depending on the matchup, have been the two guys who have basically been seeing those extra minutes at the small forward spot. So if you need like a short-term pickup, I think either one of them is okay. I think I like Ross a little more than Johnson because his offensive upside is a little bit higher. And then Corey Joseph is the other interesting guy that, you know, in deep leagues, Corey Joseph, even though he's a backup, should be somebody that is on your radar and on your roster because he's actually been getting a lot of minutes ending games in the fourth quarter lately. So when that happens, that that's a guy that you're, you know, usually going to get a little bit more production out of, even though he had like four points and three assists in, as, as most in uh, this game right here. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm with you 100%. And just say no to Nick Tat. It's the last thing I'm going to say uh, in this matchup. I don't think that these guys have really done enough uh, overall. I mean, he, James Johnson had a nice performance, but this is like the first good performance with with significant minutes overall. And I know he had a stretch last season. He did like two different stretches where he thought he was fancy vile. It always falls apart. And, yeah. you know, I'm I, I'm never too optimistic of, uh, about it overall. When DeMar Carroll comes back in the lap, you won't even know that James Johnson was productive. So. Yeah, those guys like that's why I said if anything, it's a it's a short term ad, and I prefer Ross because he has more of an offensive game. I, like Johnson is more known as a defensive guy. That's why they have him on the floor. I think he's also known as a um, you know pre and post game spread guy as well. You know what I mean? He likes to fill up the the waistline just a little bit. Mm. So something else to, to consider. Last game on the docket here: one thirty to one twenty five shootout. In the, for the New Orleans Pelicans, who move on to eight and nineteen, it's, it's been such a bad start for them. I can't believe they're that bad. You know, after you know finishing uh, last season in the playoffs, their uh, Denver Nuggets go down there. They fall down to eleven and sixteen. Your thoughts on the last box score of the night? Okay, well, first off, let's talk about New Orleans a little bit. I mean, obviously, they're a completely different team when everybody's healthy. So now that you got Tyreek Evans back. You know, you got to consider that that's going to, you know, kind of change the way they play a little bit. So you've seen them ramp it up a little bit, play a little bit faster. Um, You know, with Drew Holiday back and starting to get some minutes, he's been putting up some really good numbers uh, coming off the bench. So I think he's another guy that, you know, moving forward, if he's not on your radar yet, he should definitely be somebody that you put on your watch list now. If you have a spot where you can get him if he's available, you know, get him, I think, throw him on there because right now he's still playing limited minutes and he's doing a lot with them. So when he eventually gets back to the guy who's playing full time, you know, and you put him on this team, I mean, this is going to be a pretty solid roster in another couple of weeks. Once they get everybody back and fully healthy, you know, they haven't they've been trading and putting pieces together with this roster for about two years and they've never had them all healthy together, and it's getting close to that point. So I'm actually kind of interested to see what they can do from this point moving forward. You know, there are a lot of mouths to feed right now. Like, guys like Gordon early in the season was a viable option. You know, basically, I like Davis. I like Evans. I like Gordon. I like Anderson. I like Holiday. I think these are all guys who should be on rosters. Guys who I don't think should be on rosters, even though they're starting for New Orleans, you know, 
Omer or Seek at this point. If you have him, I don't know why you're still holding on to him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Alonzo G, I know he was getting some minutes and people started getting excited, but this is not a guy that I want on my fantasy team. This is not a guy that I think has value, you know, long term in, in this situation. So I think you can definitely get rid of guys like that. Norris Cole is a little bit on the bubble for me. Um, and I think now with all these other guards getting healthy, Ish Smith is. You know, somebody who had some big games and got people a little bit excited, but I think that, you know, his uh, fantasy relevancy has come to an end here as well. I agree with you there as well. And you've hit all the points for me as well. I don't want Alonzo G unit. Omar Sheikh is still playing like he's injured. And then, you know, um, you have sort of flip mode there with Lavernia getting the start, but Jokic getting the minutes. So that's the only situation that's sort of like inconsistent. And then, you know, you want all the Will Barton in the world. Kenth Reed actually quietly playing pretty well uh, as of late there as well with 21 and 13. All right, that is going to wrap it up for the Sunday box score breakdown. Now, before we head on out of here, Benny, let's go ahead and break down our top 10 early season center power rankings for fantasy basketball. So let's go ahead and give me what you got. Okay, I think Andre Drummond, you know, I counted the Marcus Cousins. We talked about him with the power forwards already, so I didn't put him in on this list. So to me, Andre Drummond is the clear number one. Any arguments with that? No. Yeah, I mean, that's to me, that's far and away if you got him if you had the foresight to get him earlier in the year in like the third or fourth round of a draft, you're probably pretty happy where you're sitting. Sure. Now, from there, up to this point in the season, the the guys who I have two and three on the list are two guys who have been doing an absolute ton on the offensive end, especially with their scoring for their teams. And it's Pau Gasol and Brooke Lopez. Now, these wouldn't be the guys who hop out right away to you as probably the second and third best centers in the NBA. But we're talking fantasy production right now early in the season. And both teams are basically relying heavily on these guys on the offensive end. So they're the two guys that I have second and third on my list for top centers at this point. Um, that's kind of my first tier up top. And then the second tier that I have below them, the guys that I have four through seven are, you know, Pal's brother Marcus All. DeAndre Jordan, Greg Monroe, and Dwight Howard, who's actually been playing a little bit better the last couple games. And if you look, Howard is a, is a boomer bust kind of player. He will put up 50 points in a good matchup and have like 20 fantasy points in a bad matchup. So that's the deal. When he has a good matchup, he dominates. When he has a tough matchup, he kind of almost disappears. So that's my problem with him. So he'd probably be in seventh on that list. But I think if I was going to rank them, I would go DeAndre in fourth, probably Monroe fifth, and then Marcus All sixth. And that would be my top seven. And then eight, nine, ten, I have uh, Vucevic from Orlando, Okafor from the Philadelphia 76ers, and Hassan Whiteside from uh, the Miami Heat. Those would be the younger guys who I think are a tick below that group above them, mm-hmm. but all three of them have the upside where, you know, they could easily be included in that that second tier level for me. Okay, so the, some of these X factors that we didn't mention here is Rigo Bear who's been injured. Okay, and obviously he probably doesn't mm-hmm. deserve to be on the list right now until he plays. But to me he is easily top five. Be, uh, just on defensive ability and with a with a you know like an efficient field goal percentage, he's actually a better sh- free throw shooter than sixty one percent, I believe, and um you know should has a chance to lead the league in blocks. 
So there's one X factor that we didn't mention, but I wanted to throw out there. I think you're you're finally leaving him off because he's not playing right now. We, and we, we we discussed that. Same with Al Jefferson, too, who would be, in my mind, probably could make a case for top five, top six, uh, if he was back in the lineup there as well. You know, and he's had a rough start to the season also. So, like, I actually think on these two guys, like, right now is a good buy-low opportunity for you in the top ten. But that's not what we're talking about. Just wanted to throw those out as caveats. For me, just on trust level alone, I have Hassan Whiteside and Vucevic higher than Dwight Howard. I would have Dwight Howard like down at the bottom near 10 because I just don't trust him. Uh, overall, I don't think that he is a guy that um, is able to stay healthy on the court. And this may sound a little bit weird to you, but I'll actually have Marcin Gortat like at the bottom of my top 10 list over Dwight Howard because I can book the production and he's a much better free throw shooter, shooting 74% on the season. Not the shot blocking threat or even the rebounding threat, but it's almost averaging a double double at like just well, a tick below 13 and 9. So, um, you know, that's just my my personal preference there as well. The other thing too is like, you know, we, you mentioned Greg Monroe. I think he's much more trustworthy than Dwight Howard uh, as well. And he's almost averaging 10 rebounds per game with 2.7 assists, which is nice. And he's the one guy. Um, you know, there's a couple guys in this list that, that um, you do this. Al Horford is one, but he's averaging like 1.56, almost 1.57 um, uh, uh, as a ratio for assisted turnover, which is strong in, in the assisted turnover leagues as well because usually centers just hurt you instead of help you at, at that point. So his 2.7 assists per game is an asset that you don't get from guys like Dwight Howard. So uh, those are the guys who would sort of make my case like 5 through 10. I believe 1 through 5, you're, you're basically there. And then, you know, the X factor, the guy who's could easily jump himself into like the top five and not be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Hassan Whiteside, if he continues to get, you know, big fourth quarter minutes and ball like he has been. So the only mm. issue with him is like consistently, um, you know, bad free throw shooting and staying out of foul trouble. So, yeah, and the, and the blocks. I mean, like I said earlier in the show when we talked about him, yeah. the blocks, the block. He can give you the blocks. Like if you play in a weekly head-to-head league, four blocks per game is nasty right now. Yeah, like he could win you the blocks all by himself. He could. Or, or like he, if you're somebody who keeps losing the block category or is way down in a rotisserie league and like you know tenth, eleventh place in blocks, like he's literally somebody who can turn it around for you by himself. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, uh, that's gonna do it for today's show. Uh, before we go, we want to let you know. Uh, that you can always check out the Rotowire uh, Fantasy Basketball Podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. It's brought to you by DraftKings.com. Don't forget to use the promo code ROTOHOOPS for our free contest entry when you deposit today. Uh, and uh, don't forget to leave us a kind review on iTunes and Stitcher for your download convenience. You can also send your comments and complaints and questions to me on Twitter at JoshHayesFS and send all the good stuff over to Benny at BennyR11. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.